Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Hi squaddies, I hope you're well, I want to get into this chat about Arsenal and the manager, here we are with 10 games to go and it's taken me a little bit of time to see how things were, go were going, I always wanted to do this, this video but I think we've seen there's been enough up and down and around the corner and in and out to actually start to do it now. So this is about the Arsenal and Mikel Arteta. I ain't calling anybody out, although I could, but what I'm going to do is just chart my feeling on the, on the situation. And let me just say this. Obviously, where we are now is one thing. Where we were back then, after Unai Emery got the sack, I'd he wasn't my first choice at all. He wasn't even on my radar. If I'm honest with you, Mikel Arteta. Knew he was doing a good job at Manchester City as Pep Guardiola's number two. But I wanted an experienced experience, um, manager. Allegri was my first choice. Um you know, somebody who's been there, seen there, done it. But the Arsenal ownership chose Mikel Arteta. And uh, I said, okay. Done a bit of homework on it. And one thing that a lot of people don't realise is not only has he played for the club, he's been captain of Arsenal Football Club. Being a captain of Arsenal Football Club is an honour and a privilege. And he felt that he had that. So that was, in, that was important. And that's going to that's gonna ring true later on as we get through this chat. Because many people know he, he was a, he's a novice. But he was brought in for a reason. I truly believe he was brought in for a reason. The hierarchy overlooked experience. Not only would experience cost them dearly because you get a big manager in whose reputation relies on it. He's going to want to do things his way. He's going to want money to spend because his reputation is on the line, especially at a club like Arsenal. But I truly believe Mikel Arteta was bought in for a reason. And a lot of that was discussed before he signed. Because, remember, he'd been in part of that Manchester City setup that had crushed us. There was no way back for us. They used to tee off on us. And it used to be, it used to be easy for them to sort us out. So they probably asked him what, what does it need? What, what do you see? What's your vision? 
And you often hear me talk about culture, mentality, quality, class, toughness, hunger, desire, and that connection between the players, the staff, the fans, and the club, everything together. We had some, a lot of it, a lot of what I just mentioned, we didn't have. Obviously, early, early on, there were good results, bad results. We, we all knew there was a problem. But you only really know what the problem is. He only knew what the problem is when you go in and start investigating yourself and you find out for yourself. He came into the club and he saw what was going on. Players he had to deal with, players he had to speak to and understand. And I'm sure he didn't like what he saw, if I'm honest with you. From where he's coming from to where he's coming to, I'm sure he didn't like what he saw. Was he going to be given the time? Fan base were a lot were, weren't happy, obviously. Some were, some were happy to give him time. Some weren't. But there was a massive job to do. And people don't realize how big a job it is to turn around that, that ship, that ocean liner that is the Arsenal. From where we've been with the type of players and teams we've had to where we were then at the start, oof. we weren't, we weren't great. We weren't great. And an experienced manager like Unai Emery, who's very experienced and as we say, we come to today and he's doing so great at Villarreal. For whatever reason, didn't work out. And he is a capable, experienced manager, good manager, good man. Didn't work out. And we've got to ask ourselves, why didn't it work out? Why, why didn't it work out? He goes at other places and the experience, his experience gets him to where he needs to get to, but not at Arsenal. Why? All those things I mentioned, or a majority of them, should I say. There were some good times under Unai Emery. Of course there were. But something just wasn't right. Something just was not right. So, I say it's the players. I say it's always the players. But I know and appreciate the buck stops with the manager. <laughs> I know, I've been in the game long enough, been around the game long enough to know the buck stops with the manager. And Gooners or any, any team, really, who's, who's going through a difficult time, says that the manager, you know, he has to motivate the team, he has to do this, he has to do that. I disagree because the players have to be able to go out there and do their job. So I was called all sorts of um, names, Arteta's lawyer, etc. But let me just let me just put some some things down because the pandemic situation and disruption 
weren't great, obviously. I think he was the first, remember, he was the first one to, to, to get the um, C word, to get the virus. And then we went into a break, no football, and then it started up again. So a manager who wants to get his hands on the team, wants to start making things work, you know, it was, um, was very difficult. And, but in that mix, once it restarted, if you remember correctly, we played Man City after we, we, got, we got sorted right out. David Luiz got sent off and um, we got done. Then we played Brighton. And down at Brighton was the difficult one because that was when Leno got his injury, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The rest, you know, you know the rest. Okay. And that seemed to, Emmy Martinez came in and that seemed to galvanize the team a bit. But obviously we were quarterfinals. We played Sheffield United and the quarterfinal, we beat them. Uh, away, then we played Manchester City in the semi-final who always you know, had our number set up and beat them, Aubameyang incredible but we defended correctly and we beat them and obviously we got to the final against Chelsea, went a goal down but we responded with Jack and Sobias in midfield Abamian proved to be the match winner yet again. Pepe playing, Lacazette playing. We played, we played really well. And we won the FA Cup. All in such a short space of time. It's not his team yet, but he put the, the game plan in place. And the players, hey, went out and got the trophy. Absolutely fantastic. So, once we get the trophy, the pressure's on. Because everybody's understanding now, right, this could, this could work. This could happen. Get into pre-season. Lads have come back at different times. And we play, obviously, Community Shield and we, we beat Liverpool. Score a great goal, great move. Beat Liverpool in the, in the Community Shield. Everybody's hunky-dory. First game was Fulham. Play really well, look the part, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That was, and then things started to go a bit west. Things started to go a little bit crazy. We were poor. What was being demanded, what was being asked of the players, there was no fans in the stadium which makes life difficult anyway. But you would say, we're the Arsenal. Let's go and we, we, we've got to perform. We're at home. It's at the Emirates. And we end up going on a run, which is nearly our worst ever run at home. We lose to Wolves. We lose to Villa. We lose to Burnley at home. We lose to Leicester. Culminating in nearly five losses on the spin, I think it was. We end up drawing after going a goal down against Southampton. All before 
Christmas. Arteta out, Brigade were out in full force because the eye test says it wasn't good enough. And let's be honest, it wasn't good enough. It definitely wasn't good enough. But when you look at the bigger picture, there was a serious battle going on inside, on internally in that dressing room to get some of the cancer, some of the players who were not committed to the club and to the badge, out. And if I, you remember Sophie said something, she made a great point. She said, that January window was probably our best window in, the, in years. And it's not the incomings, because the only person we brought in was a certain Martin Odegaard. But it was the outgoings. It was the outgoings of certain players. That was so vital to get a clean slate. So we got the clean slate, let's be honest. And there was much maligned and Williams and all this of, of the world. We're still doing okay in the Europa League, etc. Obviously, get to the semi-final and, and get and get dumped out. Funny enough, by Unai Emery's Villarreal. We're struggling for strikers. We, we tinkered with the with the team, uh, playing a false nine, etc., and got got battered for it. But we just weren't good enough. We just weren't good enough. And you could say you should have done this, should have done that. The bottom line is the players at the time just weren't good enough. They weren't good enough to beat a very well-organized Villarreal side. Unfortunately, we all would have wanted to win. But you don't. We had the Williams situation. Fans never really took to him. David Louise, some fans took to him, some fans didn't like it. Ozil, Mustafi, Socrates, Kalasanach. You know, a lot of these guys were much maligned by the fan base in the end because not so much Socrates, I think he, he always gave his all. But some of the others didn't always perform or didn't give their all. And um, in our eyes, in, in our eyes at times, and um, it just was it just wasn't a good look. It wasn't good. Again, if you're on the inside or you know what happens on the inside, it's different. But when you're a fan, sometimes you 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 take the eye test, right? It's the eye test. You say what you see. Sophie says that all the time, which is good. You say what you see. So if you're going to say what you see, it wasn't great, and some of these players being on the periphery and there was internal war going on in the dressing room, had to get them out. That takes time. And there's always an unsettling because the young players, all of a sudden from the, from the Christmas time, they came in, you know, Saka, Smith, Rowe, Martinelli came on, gave Chelsea murders at the Emirates. Kind of lifted us 
Bukayo Saka was, the, was our player of the season at 19-20, was incredible. But that just goes to show, you know, we had the likes of Thomas Partey who was in there, who was up and down. One day he would perform okay, next time he, would, he wouldn't be him. He himself gave himself a 4 out of 10. Which is, which is, which was correct because he was playing nowhere near. He suffered injuries, etc. We were disjointed. We weren't fluid. We were hard to watch. Let's be honest. We were hard to watch. We were hard to watch at times. Last season, we were hard to watch. Second half of the season, we improved. We did improve. But we still finished eighth. And many people were Arteta out. Many people couldn't see what was going on. Sophie and I done a, uh, a season review. And we said, you know, this is going to be a massive summer because now he's got to get the players to make it his team. Cleared some of the wage space with the big earners. Now he's got to sign players to make it his his team. It's really important. And what did we say? There's no more, there's no free opportunities now. All that, that free pass that he won the FA Cup with, that's run out. There's no more. That is no more. That we do know. That is no more. Some were giving him a chance. Some wanted him out. But we did struggle to a, we got to eighth place and second half of the season, we were in the form table. We were high up in the league. But again, as Sophie always says, the season isn't just one half, it's a full season. And that's what you've got to do it for a full season. And Sophie's right. We've got to do it for a full season. But it was good to see some chinks of light, some shoots of optimism coming out the ground. Very important moving forward. So we get to this season. And we start virtually with the same team that finished. And you know as well as I do, when you start the way we started, losing three games on the bounce, not scoring any goals. I don't think we had a shot on target. The knives were being sharpened. The guillotine was being sorted out. The rack was being constructed for the manager. Let's be honest. There was a lot of derogatory things spoken about the manager. Arsenal hadn't made their moves in the transfer market just yet. The window was still open. And but then we started to make some moves. And I'm just going to read out the names. You know the names, but I'm going to read them out just for the exercise because this is not just for Arsenal fans. I'm sure there's other fans who would be, be watching this. So we signed Ramsdale, Tommy Asu, Ben White, Martin Odegaard, Nuna Tavares, and Sambi Lokonga. We signed those players and bring them into the fold. We know, obviously, Odegaard, because he came, was at the club on loan the se previous season. Fans were calling out for Madison. Ben White were bought him for 50 million from Brighton. 
fans said he's overpriced, he's not good enough, X, Y, Z. Tommy Asu, nobody knew about Tommy Asu. Um, I think fans were more willing to give him a chance, but they'd never heard of him. So it was like, you know, who is he? Nuno Tavares, everyone knew he was a, 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 an under-20 Spanish, sorry, Portuguese under-21 international, uh, playing for Benfica. You know, he was a project player, so to speak. And Sambi, who, who'd done really well at Anderlecht, was captain at 21 years old. Very talented. It's going to take time. Going to obviously be a, pro a, a product player, projection player, prospect to come through. But the one I want to concentrate on is Ramsdale. Aaron Ramsdale, who he hadn't even signed for the club, and many fans turned around and were giving him absolute crap. And this ain't the real fans. This is fans, social media, etc., were giving him real problems that he had to, I think he had to switch his social media off. But he was so, so proud and honoured that Arsenal wanted to buy him. You know, he felt it's, it's the right thing to do. He brought his granddad's ashes to the signing. So we accumulate these players and um, we get going. We get going with a game at home to Norwich. And it weren't the greatest game in the world. You know that, I know that. It wasn't great. But we win it 1-0. Get across the line. Fantastic last second block in the box by a Ben White or was it Gabriel? One of the two. And we win that game 1-0. We go to Burnley, which is always a tough place to go. And we win that 1-0. And then we got Spurs. And I remember Sophie and I mentioning that these three games are going to really determine if Mikel Arteta is going to be manager. Because, you know, you start off with no points, no shots on goal, no, nothing. We had nothing. People are talking about being in a relegation battle. And let's be honest, the performance, especially first half, or for an hour, the performance was outstanding. We just took Spurs apart. Three goals up, ended up winning the game 3-1. And uh, we had a couple of scares at the end because we hadn't, obviously, we were just getting our feet together. But we won that game 3-1 and that let everybody rest a little bit easier. That's for sure, winning the, the derby. And the team started to build, build, build. And they would look, one, one thing I will say. This team started slowly. It's a young team, youngest team in the league. It, it had lots to learn. Definitely had lots to learn. There were relationships that needed to be built within the team. The defensive relationships, I think Ben White and Gabriel right now are, are really improving as a, as a pair. What is it, 13 clean sheets all season? Um, you know, doing really, really, really good stuff. Fullbacks, Tommy Arsenal's Tommy Arso at the time and Tavares and, and, and Kieran Tierney now who's, who's back playing solid with Ramsdale as a back five 
we've lent on that. We've had to lean on that at times because we haven't been free flowing a lot of the a lot of the early season or free scoring. So we've had to rely on the defense to, to help us through and they and they have to be honest. But I think the most important thing that I could say is the connections that needed to be made. There's connections that needed to be made with this team, with the staff, with the club, with the fan base. Now, obviously this season, fans are allowed back in. No hiding place, right? There had to be connections. There had to be a love connection between this team and the fan base. And I think we really saw it when we played Leicester away. Played Leicester away and we, we ended up winning the game. Was it 2-1? And after the game, the fans were incredible. The fans were incredible all game. The away fans have been awesome all season. But I think that connection really connected on that day. And we've seen at the Emirates, the fans and the team really connect, no matter what. We've come through some, some difficult times. We've, we've had to learn on the job. We definitely had. We've had, to take our, we've had to take our humblings. We've had to take our beatings. Liverpool City, we've had to take them. At the Emirates, we've had to take our beatings. We lose to City, we lose to Liverpool, but the performance was there. We know where our weaknesses are. We know where we're not strong. But then performances, to me, are a foundation. Those performances are a foundation. That's for sure. So, we passed some tests. Some we failed, that's for sure. We failed. And others, we still have others coming up in the next 10 games, which are going to determine our season. That's for sure. But one thing I will say, and you, you just think about this, everybody. For everything that I've charted and whatever, you, whatever you've seen, has there been growth in the team? Is there a belief? Not only in the team, but as a fan. Is there a belief that we could do something? We know what we have to do. We know this summer is going to be another very important transfer window. At the start of the season, nobody thought we'd be in this position that we're in. So growth, belief, position. And here we are with 10 games to go. We're clear in fourth spot. But I think the most important thing that I'm going to take out of all of this, all the pain that we felt, we had to go through some tough times, is the opportunity. The opportunity is there. It's there for us to grab with both hands. Whether we do it, I don't know. But I know there's been growth. Speaking for myself now, I know there's been growth. I know there's a belief in the team. You see that with the celebrations and the way they, they embrace the, the, the fan base at the Emirates and 
away from home especially. The position we're in and the opportunity is there. 10 games to go. 10 game season now. You finish, in, you finish at the top or, or one or two or three, you're there, you've done it. You're qualified. It can go pear-shaped, of course it can. But do you believe that the growth and the belief and the position we're in, these players are going to let the opportunity go? Do you reckon the manager isn't ambitious to get to where he wants to get to get this club where he thinks it belongs? He's coming from perennial winners at Manchester City. He's seen what it takes. He knows what it takes. He knows what it takes. He's played. He knows what it takes to win. We haven't been in this position for a while. But we had to do drastic measures to get to this. Look, Aubameyang flying in Barcelona. Fair play to him. Top striker. Didn't work in Arteta's regime in the end. Too much was asked of him. Too much was asked of him. People could blame Arteta for that. Of course you can. But the fact of the matter is, we're in this position without him. We're in this position with Alexander Lacazette being a fantastic link player and not scoring anywhere near enough goals. And we're still here. So that goes back to the growth, belief, and the position. The position we're in is because the players have applied themselves not only on the pitch, on the training pitch, to learn, to understand, to develop, to grow. So again, here we are. Whether we achieve what we set out to do, what nobody thought we could do, remains to be seen. 10 games to go. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I don't. I certainly don't. But one thing I do know is there is a foundation being built at Arsenal that we can build on. We make the top four this season. The incomings this summer have to be significant. Quality players coming in who can hit the ground running, who can make a real difference in this team. For me, we need eight players. How many players do you think we need? I think we need eight players because there's going to be more outgoings. I want our squad as strong as anything. I want it that interchangeable pieces. You can afford one game to leave five. You could leave Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, Saka, Erdegaard, and 
Thomas Partey, for instance, on the bench. And the five that are coming in, we are just as strong. I.e. FA Cup and cup competitions when we've changed it last season and this season, when we've changed it, just the depth is, is just, the depth just isn't there. So I still feel we need eight to fatten this squad out because we're going to get rid of a couple more players, etc., to make this squad really strong, really strong. And it's going to be a privilege to even be on the bench at times. Players who come in on are going to be hungry to come on that pitch. And everybody's going to get their fair share of games because there's going to be league and hopefully European Champions League, hopefully, or Europa. I don't want anything to do with that conference, that conference one. But you need the squad to be able to handle it, to mix and match it. You need that type of squad. So here we are. William Saliba doing great, just been called up for the French national team. Congratulations to him. Gabriel Martinelli as well and, and, and Gabriel getting called up for the first time in there for Brazil and France respectively. But I truly believe it wasn't my first choice, but I was, I was willing to give him a chance. And I believe he is as ambitious a manager as anybody out there. He knows he's captain the club. He knows he has an added advantage. Although people say he's a novice. Yeah, he's a novice. But you know what? One thing about novices, sometimes they learn very quick. He knew what he had to do. It took him two seasons to cut the cancer out. And this season, well, season and a half, I suppose, but realistically, over, the, over those last two seasons, now he's got his team that he can build with and he's building. And we're seeing where we are. We're seeing the growth. We're seeing a belief. We're seeing a connection. We're seeing, we're seeing the culture change. This is what I will say. Look at the teams of the past few years and you look at this team. Can you honestly tell me that the culture was as good back then? Was the mentality as good? Was the quality as good? Was the class as good? Was the toughness? Was the hunger? Was the desire? And was the connection with the club and the fan base the same then as it is now? Tell me if it is. I know, but think about it. Think about those teams. Even go back and have a look. Have a look at those teams. Some good teams with quality players. But what's the culture, mentality, quality? And not just quality of player, quality of play. Quality of toughness. The hunger, the desire. And the connection, was it the same? For me, this is what we lacked. We lacked that in abundance. It just wasn't the same. So, although a novice, 
and learning on the job, we have seen growth. There is a belief in the players. You can see it. You can see it. And the position we're in, there is a massive opportunity. And I don't want Arsenal to take a backward step. I want Arsenal to drive on some big games, but there's some winnable games. Winnable games, for sure. There's winnable games. I just don't want this Arsenal team to, to let up. Keep the foot on the neck and brock it. You know that. You know the script. Yeah, we, we have some holes in our team. Most teams have, most teams have a hole in their team. We are nowhere near the finished article. And that should give us even more belief. We are nowhere near the finished article, everyone. But Mikel Arteta is ambitious. I believe he is ambitious, more ambitious than a lot of people give him credit for. So, This was a chat with Super Kev, just for you Gooners and squaddies. We're not around for a few days, but I hope this keeps you entertained and makes you think. We haven't achieved nothing yet, but don't them wins feel sweet them wins feel sweet. And especially when the media and ex-players start coming after Arsenal. I love it. Trust me, I've been there. You know it now. They don't like it when Arsenal start moving forward, start progressing. They don't like it. But what we've got to do, we've got to come together like we always do. Come together and be one unit. The club, the fans, that connection, the team, everybody together against the world. And then you just never know that opportunity that is in front of us might just bear some real fruit moving forward. So on that note, you take care. I love you. Sophie loves you. Hybrid Squad loves you. Ladies, gents, boys and girls, everybody. All the very best. Tell your loved ones you love them too. And you have a fantastic weekend. At ease, squaddies. At ease.